Thank you for listening to this podcast from TheUnheardNerd.com. If you like what you hear, please consider liking, sharing, reviewing, and subscribing on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or your podcast feed of choice, and help us to keep creating and improving our content. Thank you. Oh, hail Jeffy Jeff. Jump the Shark, it's the pop culture podcast from theunheardnerd.com. Your host is John. Hello, John. Hi, Will. Hi, everyone. Co-hosting is me. I'm Will. Hi. And uh, I flipped it around there, John. Do you like what I did there? He he threw threw me off completely. Oh, I'm the host. I get a pay rise. (laughs) Yeah, you you get more nothing. More nothing. Yes. Uh, No, I thought, yeah, I'm still trying to make up for the other week when I called you sidekick. And... <laughs> You've probably forgotten, but I haven't. Sorry, I didn't for that, to be honest. Ah, oh, well, there we go. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm not surprised. A lot's happened between then and now. Um, we went to Comic Con again. We did. Mukama Comic Con London. Mukama, yes. <laughs> yes, also, for those who don't know what John's talking about, MCL <laughs> Comic Con London. Uh, yeah, we were fairly regular visitors, but we uh, usually go in the October. Uh, version of the of the uh, version the October <laughs> convention um, and we actually were able to go in the May one this year um, as we were both around which was nice yes awesome stuff yeah but um, wasn't really quite as good as previous conventions do you think that's fair to say we, yeah I think we struggled to find stuff that we were interested in <laughs> there was a lot there but not a lot to do or really you know like not a lot of interesting panels, not a lot of attractions or things to try out. I mean, we tried out a lot, but we yeah. did it all fairly quickly. And then we're like, eh, don't really know what to do. Because <laughs> if you're not buying stuff, then yeah, there's yeah. not a lot else to do. So I'm trying to think, yeah, what in, in previous years, what has there been? They had a DC thing where you could turn yourself into Aquaman. Or oh, yeah. Use his trident. Um, there was a, the radio-controlled Batmobile. Uh, there yeah. was a, a big Marvel presence with all the costumes from um, Black Panther uh, and some from Thor. Yeah. Uh, Nick, Cage's, Nick Cage's big silver axe from that film, that name I forget. Mandy, was it? Mandy, that's the one I think, yeah. Yeah, so there was a lot of different things like that. But I suppose when we went, you know, Avengers Endgame was out by then, I believe. Uh, yeah, it must have been. And there wasn't really a big DC film coming out. So the, the big two there, Warner Brothers and, and Marvel Studios, weren't really present, not really there. Uh, so, so the, someone was showing off Annabelle, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. And there was a Life of Pets 2 gubbins. The Secret Life <laughs> of Pets 2. I'll review that shortly, John. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, a little snippet there, a little snippet. But uh, there were a few things. There were a few things uh, to, to, that we we went and had a look at, which we'll discuss in a minute after we've done the friggin' headlines. Anyway, uh, news, news, headlines, headlines. We went to Comic Con and we did some stuff and we queued for a long time to see the Winter Soldier. So long, in fact, I almost gave up on life. And I read a magazine. I read the a Winter magazine. Soldier. Yes, Sebastian Stan. 
Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Sorry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was thinking, hang on, we did go see that film. I've got that home on Blu-ray. It's like... <laughs> Well, that's the headlines. <laughs> In other headlines, uh, the C64 Mini is being enlarged. It's actually going to be full size now, bizarrely. Uh, I saw a snippet of Jay and Silent Bob reboot. And other stuff has been done, but that's about it for the headlines. I can't really think of anything else, and John totally derailed me. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. So, <laughs> Hell Hydra. Uh, yes, we 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 went to Comic Con, and we did stuff. We did do stuff. We were first, literally the first people in the queue for Sci-Fi's uh, new sort of uh, what was it? AR interactive. It's not really uh, a game story. It's a, a sort of a, a, a story in VR, wasn't it? It was a story in VR. A very, a very multi-layered story. And it's called 11.11. Yep. Uh, because it it runs for 11 minutes, 11 seconds. And during that 11 minutes, 11 seconds, you follow the character arcs of six individual characters. And you can flip between them. You can rewind. You can fast forward. So essentially, it, you got... I don't know. I mean, is there a game element to this? I'm not really sure. I was confused. It really uh, felt like you just followed the storylines. It's it's literally following six individual storylines. So you, the idea is you can you have to play the experience over and over again to fully experience all the different storylines. But apart from that, you could also... There's other little things that happen in that world. So you can sort of walk away from the main characters and go watch what someone else is doing around the corner, for example. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, they advised us because it was a demo that we, we had, a, I don't know, about 15 minutes. I think they allotted for us. That's to, right. Yeah. To allow for us to rewind and, and, you know, go back and forth a little bit. And um, they advised us, you know, stick with two characters really, or advise me anyway, stick with two characters and sort of follow them and see how you get on. And, um, you know, and they, they went through the, the functions. It was a little bit hard to sort of remember how to do everything at first, but you soon sort of got the hang of it. Yeah. And, um, I, I don't remember the characters' names, but I chose quite, <laughs> quite opposite characters. So this great big gruff guy who's sort of a military hard nut. And then, like, the, the mother and the, and the daughter... And yeah, the mother turns out is pregnant, and yeah, but only so many people can get onto this ship, and it's measured by the number of heartbeats on, on the ship. So you, you can have a, a maximum capacity of say a hundred. I can't remember how many it was, and uh, and any more than that, and I, I can't remember, but it won't allow any more than one hundred heartbeats on the ship. So this was the conundrum. I mean, a little bit of spoiler that when you got to the end, the one character that was pregnant. Only you know, only you've got three people, only two spaces on the ship. The woman is pregnant; she's got the heartbeat inside her, so that's two heartbeats. Yeah, it's it's quite it's quite clever. It, it seems well thought out, and and the stories are quite involved. But I don't know really, you know, what the entertainment value is. It's like <laughs> I don't know how I don't know what the longevity of it is. You know, how often are you going to go through it and and enjoy these different stories? Seems to have a limited lifespan, is what I'm trying to say. 
uh, yeah, obviously it has a it has a I suppose that's a minimum playthrough of at least six times if you strictly stick to each of those six plot threads. Yeah. After that, it's, 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 you know, do you want to go into it again and then try and find every little bit of extra story that's hiding around the corner because you can free roam around parts of the city? Mm. It's like after, after, after going through that experience six times, it's like... Do I really want to go back and try <laughs> try and find? Because it's not a game, is it? It's literally sort of an interactive experience. It seems like it. I mean, there must be there must be a way to influence some of it. Surely, I mean, you know, there has to be some sort of. Influence. I don't. I don't think there was. I think it's literally, it's it's basically watching a movie several times over to experience everything from every angle. And, and the characters sort of interact as well. I mean, you know... The, oh, yeah, the, the plot threads cross over, don't they? So yeah, The characters I, I chose to follow, um, they, their paths did sort of intertwine uh, at the at the end, um, really, of the finale of it. So I guess the, the, you, you're going to see a lot of different interactions and you got to choose, do you follow then that person or that person and, and how's it go? So I guess there's a lot of different ways to experience it. And I guess that's where they're hoping the, the sort of return and uh, factor lies, you know, that what's going to draw you back time and time again. Mm. But, um, i got to be honest, yeah, I think just the demo was enough for me. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't that enthralled by it. I wasn't that um, you know, sucked in that I had to go out and rush off and buy a, whatever it was, a PlayStation or an Xbox with a VR headset. Yeah. And, and, and buy that game immediately. Uh, didn't really suck me in at all. Uh, now you had another VR experience while we were at Comic Con, and the uh, in the shape of the Doctor Who, um, the Edge of Time. <clears throat> yes, I didn't play this one. You did, so tell us about it. Um, well, from from what I remember, uh, the the Doctor is incapacitated in some way, and this is the uh, the latest iteration of the Doctor, played by Jodie Whittaker. Yep. Um, but somehow, I, 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 um, it's it's so loud and busy at Comic Con, you can't catch everything. Mm. Uh, so somehow, the Doctor is still able to communicate with you. And uh, I think in the main game, obviously, you have to try and rescue her, and there's something involving time crystals as well. Um, but this this short demo had you stuck in like a a back alley between houses, and uh, you had to find a way to make a communications device. Uh, to bring the TARDIS to your location. Um, it's, it's pretty good, actually. I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, the Doctor does almost take you through it by the hand without you having to think very much, Yeah. which I thought was a bit... I thought it was a bit... I, I mean, I was told it was very near the beginning of the game, so I thought, oh, it must be a, a tutorial level. But um, I was quite fortunate to speak to um, one of the developers who was over watching it, and he said, oh, no, no, this... this um, this demo we've set up for Comic Con, we've made it like extra easy, mm. so people don't hog the experience and then make them cause a, a great big queue. Um, yeah, that that but, would have been the, one of the producers. I think it was a guy called Kieran. Uh, that was him. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we, actually, I mean, you say talk about the developers. We, we did actually interview the three main developers for the game. I know. Uh, I felt and, really grown up. And that interview <laughs> is um, soon to hit our YouTube channel. I've kind of been trying to refine it and hone it and uh, and edit it nicely and um, get the bloody uh, the, the the audio in sync with the the, the talking. So I seem to be having oh, a no. problem with everything at the minute. <laughs> um, 
it's it's just like every time it's like it looks perfect on the edit and then i upload yeah. it and it's like it's out of sync so well, i don't know what to do um, oh yeah but so that's a problem um but um yeah well, that will be coming out soon but yeah they did say it was a very dumbed down version because they understand that the con floor was going to be very busy and and you know really they wanted it to be sort of three to five minutes at max a lot of people yeah. out so everyone gets to experience it which i guess makes sense but they they did also send me um the a run through of that entire demo all right uh, so the the video of that demo of somebody yeah. playing it and and yeah i can see obviously um it how how much of a handhold it really was going through like you know do this do that what about picking that up put that there <laughs> and and i think the gist is that the doctor is is off world and um the 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 alien threat i won't give that away no spoilers um were blocking the signal so the signal wasn't coming through very easily so you have to boost the signal to to get to the doctor and then the tardis appears and you yeah. get in the tardis but what was impressive was um in the interview, I said uh, they biometrically scanned everything, which is completely. <laughs> but uh, as as the uh, the lead guy um, pointed out, no, that's not the right word. <laughs> but they did go to Cardiff and scan the TARDIS. Yeah, that's, that's almost a rhyme. They went to Cardiff to scan the TARDIS <laughs> to make a VR game. Uh, there's there's a limerick in there, and um, <clears throat> an Irish limerick in Wales. Uh, anyway, I'm sidetracked. And um, so, so the TARDIS is sort of a, an exact replica in virtual reality form and all the knobs yeah. move, all the buttons can be pushed, everything functions as it would function in the real TARDIS if the TARDIS was real. Um, so, yeah, that's that's quite cool. But yeah, it, And given... unfortunately, that's, that's only teased in the demo. That's exactly the point when the demo, you, you, you bring the TARDIS through to uh, the alleyway, you walk up to it, you open the door, you like take two steps inside, it all lights up and you go, wow, I'm in the TARDIS. Fade to black, end of demo. <laughs> Get out of my no! TARDIS! <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, but yeah, in, in terms of you know, how it looked and felt, what, what was it like? Did you, did you enjoy it? Was it a nice experience? Oh, yeah, I really, I really enjoy it. I want to I play it more, especially as um, uh, I know the, the teaser trailer has revealed that the... Um, the, uh, is it Weeping Angels? I've forgotten. The yes. Crying Angels? Weeping Angels, I think. Weeping Angels. They're in the game. And uh, uh, just to spoil a tiny bit of the interview we did, um, apparently the feedback um, from having the, the angels in the game has been so strong that they've actually had to go back and try and make that section a, a bit longer to please the fans. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't actually think that is in the interview. Is that, so. I'll spoke, oh, I spoke, oh, I might be right to someone separate. Okay. Oh, there we go. An extra little bit of information. So yes. Listeners have jumped the shark. Yeah, I mean, there's one. I mean, I know it's all in VR, but you um, you don't have. I don't remember having. Do you have hands in there or not? I don't you get you get the sonic screwdriver. No, I think it's just a sonic screwdriver. Um, yeah, because it just—it's one bit. We have to open up a car, a car bonnet, and rather than just using your virtual hand to try and flip up the bonnet, you point the sonic screwdriver at it. Hmm. It's just like that—that that device seems to do bloody everything. <laughs> Certainly does. So um, it's, it's, it's handy for riders. How do we get out of this situation? Aha! Sonic screwdrivers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this is something else that was missing from the uh, from the con this year. Last year they had um, sort of an escape room, a mini escape room. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a Doctor Who themed one, which uh, my kids took part in. I took them on the Sunday, 
and um, they got to hold the sonic screwdriver and and the key to the tardis <laughs> which they were so thrilled about it was crazy right. i mean they they completely fed not they're in bed they went here this they, they completely failed to complete the tasks but the guy <laughs> let, the, let, let the clock run down and gave them extra time to do it i think yeah i had a press pass around my neck <laughs> all right <laughs> Uh, and he just told her, oh, well done, you completed it in time. And the clock had run out about a minute ago, you know, but um, it was good of them. So it was, um, but, you know, things like that, like little interactive things that sort of fill your day at Comic-Con, that, that kind of thing was missing. Um, so the virtual reality stuff was cool if you were willing, you know, to queue and do it. Luckily, we didn't have to queue well, certainly for the sci-fi thing but um, well, that's 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 only because we literally went to the press room before the place opened didn't we we were right next to it and they opened the door yeah like, comic-con is now open it's like <laughs> fuck you public <laughs> we're straight in there Left it to the vr yes we're first yes but uh, well there we go i mean well documented in our last comic-con podcast was the uh, the trauma and trouble we had getting into the cinema truck to watch uh, oh, yes. <laughs> the, the first 25 minutes of Mortal Engines or whatever it was that time. Uh, this time we had no trouble getting into the cinema truck <laughs> to watch the first episode of The Boys, mm. which is a, a forthcoming Amazon Prime sort of anti-hero show, really. Um, yeah. It's a, kind of about the, the Seven, which are, I guess, a, a nod to... Uh, kind of a nod to the justice league in a way but in a way yeah not not affiliated with any of the large comic book uh characters um but it, it's, it's it's basically it's like a superhero super squad and um and and it's sort of legislated by government i suppose or, or it's put together in, in, there is a sort of, yeah there is a, a, a yeah there's a, a big business called um I think it's called Vought American or something like that. That's right. Yeah, and they basically run the superheroes because they're they're involved in how they were created. So you not only do, not only do they literally manage the superheroes, like tell which superhero to protect what city, and it's all big business with lots of money. Merchandising, um, yeah. but they the merchandising and. Um, they have to make sure the character, you know, they make sure the superheroes are squeaky clean. They don't get up into, into, into any trouble, otherwise it ruins the merchandising sales and yeah. all of that kind of stuff. But in reality, they're all a bit, you know, they're a bit, they're kind of shitters, aren't they? Really, <laughs> they're really, some of them are really horrible people. Yeah, kind of discover that they're they're not all they're cracked up to be, and and there's a lot of PR goes into making them appear a lot cleaner than they actually are. Yes, and um, and then there's a group of sort of a, a under ground group that are trying to expose everything about what they what they are and what they do and um it's kind of it's a it's a very sort of graphic in terms <laughs> of violence and, and language isn't it it is yes you've got uh, carl urban in there throwing around c-bombs <laughs> that, that was that was brilliant that was uh, albeit with a very dubious, supposedly oh. English or Cockney <laughs> accent, which I thought I thought it was new from New Zealand when I first heard it. <laughs> and it is. It is um, I, I got used to it pretty. I mean, I, I wasn't a big fan of it, but I sort of got used to it and put it to one side. It's it's not a very good accent, no. You let it go, and and you and you go, okay, that's that's fair because you know, <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch ruined an American accent in in Doctor Strange. <laughs> Doctor Strange yeah. So we'll give you that one. It's, it's one each. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's it's really it was it was quite 
interesting, quite enthralling, um, quite gripping. I, I, I thought, you know, I certainly wasn't bored watching it. No. And, um, it was quite compelling to see what happened next. When that episode finished, I actually really wanted to just get on and watch the rest <laughs> of the season. And of course, it's not it's not out yet. It's not, um, it's not out at the time of recording. It's about another month, I think. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it's going to be... Um, it's Amazon Prime, so I'm not sure if it's going to be one a week or the whole lot at once. I've got a feeling it might be one a week. You never know, do you? You can never tell. So like often they do these things like one a week, but then uh, Good Omens, everything was up all at once. Yeah. So, well done, Netflix. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll, have to, <laughs> we'll have to talk about Good Omens. So that was simply phenomenal. But uh, let's, let's have, finish that Comic Con. Sorry. sorry, say again. You heard about that petition? I have, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll come okay. on to that. We'll come on to that. Yeah, let's, finish, okay. let's, let's wrap up Comic Con. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, as I as I mentioned in the headlines that John spoiled, <laughs> put his name first and everything at the beginning of the show. Um, <laughs> we queued for a very long time to see Sebastian Stan. Oh yes. And um, I think the average we we bought the average age of the the crowd up <laughs> quite considerably i think yeah <laughs> um a lot a lot of teenagers and young ladies are obsessed with sebastian stan just a little bit to the point there was one young girl who'd started to learn romanian because oh, sebastian God, yeah. stan moved from romania to america when he was about four and can't remember anything about it <laughs> um that inspired her to learn romanian madness it is madness. So all these girls were getting up to ask him questions in Romanian uh, or speak in Romanian. And he's like, I don't really understand what you're saying. Um, because everyone, everyone was asking about the um, the, the uh, Winter Soldier and uh, Thingy Bob series. Falcon. Which is yeah. Falcon, which has literally only just been announced in the past month or so. There's probably you know a team of writers that haven't even started work on it yet and they go well this happened well that happened it's like i don't know i can't say well this is the thing we learned about sebastian stan he either doesn't know or he can't say that's that's pretty much <laughs> everything you ask him he, he doesn't really know do you um, think there's a sniper on him at all times <laughs> i think there must be a lot of pressure when you're working for marvel oh um, must be it's, it's not i mean it's not only that they don't want you to you know give away secrets but i think they also don't really tell them much and it's probably the easier thing isn't it yeah so i think you know you're faced with these questions in, in a in a you know press interview or in a q a and you've got to try and be entertaining and you've got to try and give the crowd something but actually you can't because you don't know anything <laughs> uh, it must be it must be terribly frustrating and terribly difficult at, at, at the same time you've got to show face all the time and uh and and you know put put on a good show it, it was difficult and i think he did all right you know really yeah um, yeah it certainly i mean we didn't get to see david harbour who was also at comic-con um but um it sounds to me like he just said whatever the fair he felt like yeah. and, and gave away a lot of teasers whereas sebastian stan obviously didn't but um yeah it was all right it was good enough good good value as i say we, we chose the boys over david harbour didn't we we did yeah yeah split decision but you know I, the boys was really great fun and i'm glad that we did it but um i, th I think you know david harbour by the sounds of it from what i've read um his interview was was quite insightful he, he spoke wow. about stranger things which i'm you know, a big fan of and that's coming back yes. on the 4th of july and um and also he, he hinted about which character he'll be playing in the mcu 
Ah. And um, yeah, it seems like not very subtly, he said he's going to be playing the thing, Ben Grimm, <laughs> uh, which then leads to all kinds of speculation because it's in the Black Widow movie, and everyone's like, well, "How does the Fantastic Four fit in with the Black <laughs> Widow?" And and, uh, and there people are trawling back through decades of comic books to find a storyline that fits it, and it's, it's like, mm, okay, all right, over, <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, it seems, seems like he was good value as well. Cool. Um, anything else to say about Comic-Con, John? That was it, I think. That's pretty much it. Yeah, a lot of stalls selling shit. Food was um, probably overpriced, as usual. Yeah, um, I saw the, the, the Clark's Q&A, which was actually a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was with uh, Jason Mules. Jason Mules, uh, Brian O'Halloran, uh, Marilyn... Uh, I can't remember the second name. Gigliotti. That's the one. And, and uh, not the not the cheating gum. here, yeah. <laughs> Scott Scott Schiaffo, the the Chewy's chewing gum rep. Yeah, yeah, that that guy that yeah you probably forgot was in the film, but bless him <laughs> <up> anyway. <laughs> so how was that? Did you? That, that's a lot of fun. Um, uh, they uh, Jason was was the the most fun. He uh, see he he been up in Derbyshire filming his new film, which I've completely forgotten the details about, but it's on the website. I did write a report. And he's uh he said he was having a lot of fun learning all the um English swearing. <laughs> like calling people a wanker. It's, it's quite... <laughs> it, it does it, I mean, you know, was it just sort of cashing in on a film that's thirty years old now and and we can't remember any other film they've been in? <laughs> it probably was a little bit. I mean they've been introduced, they've been uh they showed Clarks in the cinema truck that day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The cast went over there to say, here's the film we're in. <laughs> <laughs> in case you didn't know. In case you didn't know, you already own it at home on DVD and Blu-ray and VHS and <laughs> etc. Yeah, I think I, I think I, we were talking about that at Comic-Con and I, I had Clerks on VHS and we gave all the VHS, I think, to a, a, the one of the few charity shops that will actually accept them. Yeah. And uh, kind of actually wish of all the vhs i still had i had that one <laughs> but um yeah no, it was it's all right it's okay I've, I've got it on dvd in fact um a friend of the show ben bought me the clerk's 10th edition on uh, dvd for a birthday oh, one year that, which was lovely that that is a good edition yeah yeah so very thoughtful he knows what a fan i am yeah. And uh, so on that on that note, um, I, yeah, I went and saw, as I mentioned before, I went and saw Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman with their Hollywood Babylon podcast. Hey, lucky, lucky people. Yeah, it was moved from the uh, Aventim Apollo to the O2 Indigo, which peeved me a little bit because I must have been one of literally one of the first 20 people to buy tickets for that show. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, you would hope would get you a decent seat. But it seems that when they moved you moved it to the um, the Indigo O2, they gave all the people that had already bought tickets shit seats and oh. left all the good seats for people to buy later. So I was oh, way, way off in the wings, way up high on the on the circle. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, not a great great view. I mean, I could see from the screen everything that was going on, and I could see them on the stage clear enough, but. Yeah, I want it to be sort of front and center, which is kind of what I paid for at the Apollo. So I was a little yeah. bit disappointed with that. Um, and our friend uh, Stu, Two Button Hero, came along and uh, kept me company for that. Hey, hi, Stu. I'd had a root canal surgery that day, and oh, no. my face was numb. And uh, and so a few beers went down quite easily. Which really <laughs> <was>. <laughs> 
So that was good. But um, what we got to see, apart from the Hollywood Babylon podcast, which you've just told me before the show, was actually videos as well. So you can watch the video of it. It is, but, it is on the YouTube, yes. But what you won't see is that they showed a clip of Jay and Silent Bob reboot as well. Uh-huh. Uh, Kevin Smith's latest film to star himself and Jason Mewes as, uh, as Jay and Silent Bob. And um, it was quite funny, actually. It's pretty, pretty good clip. Um, it starred uh, Ralph Garman, his co-host, which was fitting. And, uh, and it was really kind of the catalyst for the for the film. So basically, Jay and Silent Bob discover that they're rebooting the film that they tried to have stopped in, in Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. And it's essentially the same film again. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're rebooting it. And that's kind of the joke. Um, but in order to get to where they need to be, they decide to use um, like an Uber service. Yeah. But uh, Kevin Smith couldn't afford to use the Uber license <laughs> or the Lyft license. So he came up with a with a new uh, service and it's got a funny name. I can't remember it off the top of my head. Ride Me Now. Ride Me Now. That's the one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they use Ride Me Now. But in order to use Ride Me Now, you have to have a credit card. Ah. Um, so they're, they're, they're standing there contemplating, well, what the fuck are we going to do? How are we going to get a credit card when this douche comes out of a, out of a lift and he's ranting at someone about, you know, this should have been paid. I, you know, I gave you my fucking credit card details. Okay. Let me give them to you again. He's on his own. <laughs> it's like, ka-ching. So they're there <laughs> noting down the credit card details as this guy's shouting them down the phone. And that is obviously the catalyst to start their journey. They're able then to get the uh, the the, um, the the ride to where they need to go. So a very small clip, but you know, it was quite nice that it involved Ralph Garman, who was there, yeah. and um, and and it was yeah, it's quite a good 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 snippet to show, I think. So um, that that was fun, and um, awesome. it, amazingly, you know, Kevin asked everybody, you know, please don't film this, please don't yeah. put it on the internet. You'll see it soon enough. Please don't do that. And it seems like actually nobody did as well, which is... Uh, ah, that's nice. I do wonder, because I, I hear that bit every time I listen to the podcast. I do wonder if anyone's sneaky enough to try and do it. Well, I'm sure some idiot has done it. I mean, I haven't looked for it, if I'm honest. But you no, imagine no. if it had leaked, then it would have been on the sites and people would have been, yeah, hyping it. But, uh, yeah, apparently not. So, um, yeah, that that was fun. Um, right, what, what, what else did we have in the headlines? I've forgotten. That was pretty much it, wasn't it? <laughs> Uh, Vertigo Comics. Oh, yes. Yeah, sad news. Um, I don't know much of this story, but uh, after 26 years, I really haven't read any of it. I just tried to skim before the show and (laughs) failed miserably. But um, yeah, the news has broken. In fact, I think it was Bleeding Cool, um, the website uh, that broke the news a few days before it was announced that um, DC were getting ready to shut down Vertigo Comics. Now, anyone that doesn't know, Vertigo Comics was an imprint of DC Comics. Um, and it was their outlet for sort of darker, edgier, more mature content comics uh, and um, an opportunity for creators to tell stories with familiar characters, but in different settings. So, you know, uh. you know you, you, like a, a darker Batman story or a darker Superman story, something that wasn't necessarily canon or going to conflict with you know, story arcs that were currently ongoing in DC. So standalone stuff. Now, a lot of the big comics that people rec- recognize from vertigo uh was swamp thing and constantine and um you know that kind of darker side of the dc comic universe um but they've decided uh, after 26 years that they're going to close that imprint down um it's kind of 
not really useful anymore. There are a lot of other comics that do creator-led uh, content. You know, Image Comics, for example, is entirely creator-owned and, and published. And um, and they've also just launched sort of DC, I think it's DC Dark, um, the, the comic they used to um, to launch Batman's penis into the world <laughs> that, that we discussed a few shows ago. Um, so, yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, again, I'm, I'm glad I bought a copy of that, not only so I could see Batman's <laughs> penis, but uh, also because uh, when they re-released it, they um, they raised it and, and they took it out of their digital comics as well. So it's not really, um, it's not out there anymore. So maybe a collector's edition in a few years' time. Who knows? Yeah. Might be worth a, a two quid. <laughs> <laughs> it's in pretty good condition. It's, I've not smudged those pages at all. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I thought that, that was kind of sad news because yeah, a lot of um, like really great comics have come out of that imprint. So yeah, rest in peace, Vertigo Comics. Bye bye, Vertigo Comics. Yeah, they did. Anyway, I guess we should do what we usually do after we've done the headlines, John. I think we should uh, tell everyone what we've watched since the last time we spoke. Uh, okay, then. I watched a Channel 4, uh, a UK TV station, uh, comedy called Dead Pixels. Ah, okay. Um, I've heard of that, but I've not seen it. I'm intrigued. Intrigued. Um, I actually saw uh, an advert for it uh, at the Comic-Con. They, oh, they showed a they showed a trailer for it, and then I got home and googled it and found out it has been broadcast back in March. Hmm. Um, but luckily, it's still around to find. Uh, it basically revolves around three friends, Meg, Nikki, and and Asman, and they play an online game called Kingdom Scrolls, which is kind of like you know World of Warcraft. Oh, yeah. And um, and they're not they're not playing it properly they're not um sort of going off doing the missions killing the bad guys and stuff they just hang around chatting while their characters are just killing um like sheep and goats <laughs> it only it only gets them a small reward but because they're doing it constantly the, the rewards are getting bigger and bigger and they can hope to level up that way rather than doing the missions um meg and nikki sort of uh live together in, in the same flat and there's um a sort of a, a will they won't they vibe to their characters uh, all through the show. Usman is this um, sort of American guy who plays it all day when he's supposed to be looking after his kids. And, uh, um, uh, yeah, it's actually it's actually pretty funny. Uh, you know, I, I really actually, I did catch about ten minutes of that. I didn't realise what it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's definitely worth a watch. It's it's very it's very nerdy comedy. I mean, uh, for instance, there's one episode where they find out. Um, I think I said that they're, they're, the game they play is called Kingdom Scrolls and they find out that Kingdom Scrolls is, is going to be adapted into a big American uh, movie and, 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 the, and the news is Vince Vaughn is going to play the lead character from the game but of course Vince Vaughn looks nothing like the main character from the game and so there's a huge uproar and they're all screaming about how terrible casting it is and how the movie's going to bomb it's just like real life really <laughs> It does sound a lot like uh, almost every film that comes out. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody yeah, yeah. So I really enjoyed that show. That was really funny. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. I, I'll give that a watch. Um, I did, Like I said, I did watch some of it, but it was quite late at night. And uh, yeah, I, I was kind of like, I don't know what this is. And then I went to bed. <laughs> if, it wasn't for, if it wasn't for Comic-Con, I don't think it would have even existed. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess it's quite low budget. Oh, Yeah. It's pretty a, a sort of late night 
E4 thing rather than Channel 4, probably. Okay. Well, I guess the opposite spectrum of, of dead pixel or pixels, dead pixels, pixels, dead pixels, dead pixels. <laughs> plural. Um, I, I have my own and, and in the theme of, of you uh, starting watching The Walking Dead, um, I have my oh, yeah. late, late to the party moment and uh, All right. started watching Westworld. <laughs> okay. Have you ever watched it? Uh, I've watched season one and we pretty much gave up on the first episode of season two. <laughs> oh, okay yeah i mean you you and your wife are quite harsh critics so i don't i don't <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna give it a fair chance um no we're, we're, season one is brilliant we love season one hmm. we're, we're about i don't know two episodes away from the end of season one i think okay and uh, it's something that I've, I've wanted to watch for ages but um for whatever reason i don't know I, I mentioned it a few times to my wife and she was a bit like um to know i'm not really you know wasn't really that bothered by it and then we started yeah. watching it and now we're like we're both into it but we don't really yeah. get it you know it's like, it's like <laughs> okay we we, we want to see what happens but we don't really understand what's happening and it's interesting right. you know it's it's it, you know obviously but it's, it's sort of half sci-fi half western yeah. um you know futuristic but old as well uh, a, a weird blend of, of things and um and every time the hbo logo comes up at the beginning we think game of thrones is going to start but <laughs> it's um <laughs> but i uh, know it's, it's quite good so I, i'm I, not too much to say on that i'm sure a lot of people most people who have an interest in that kind of thing will have watched it by now um but so. um, i thought i'd just mention that i'm watching it if anyone wants to give me abuse on twitter that's, <laughs> uh, that's perfectly acceptable Yes, yeah, what Twitter's for, isn't it? Abusing strangers. I think pretty much exclusively, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, any, any, what, what else have you watched, John? Have you watched a lot this time? Have you seen much? Uh, I have a, a, a medium-sized list. Um, I, I saw Detective Pokemon. Oh, you watched it? I did watch it. What do you think? I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? <laughs> it is, despite, despite the fact that I, I know basically nothing about Pokemon, apart from the fact it's a small boy capturing monsters in a red and white ball. Mm. Um, I love the real, the, I, mean, I don't, I don't recognize it from the game or anything, but I'd love the real world design of the Pokemon. I thought they were, they're wonderful. They really are. Um, a, a while ago, I, I, um, I'm part of a Pokemon go, uh, group uh, on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And, uh, really I was, I was invited, you know, because we're playing Pokemon go, but it's, um, it's run by somebody else I know online who does something else and more uh, to do with the nerd core music. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I'm part of this group and, um, ages ago, I, I, I came across these pictures of, of Pokemon imagined as real life, you know, like hyper-realistic versions of them. And so yeah. I posted them in this group and it, it just went fucking mental. Like it was shared, in loads of other groups and people were going, oh, this is crazy. And this guy from New York actually contacted me and went, oh, wow, did you make these? Um, <laughs> and I was like, no, no, literally, I, I found them, I shared them. I, I didn't, I can't cl claim any sort of, you know, artistic uh, credit for any of this. Um, I just shared it. And, uh, and people were saying, oh, wouldn't it be amazing if they made a Pokemon film and the Pokemon looked like this? And then yeah. they did. <laughs> So uh, yeah, that was a really long-winded way of saying, yeah, I agree. They look really great. <laughs> um, I thought the characterization was brilliant and, and it really sort of put the nail in the coffin for the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. <laughs> when, when you compare the two, when you see how well they did the Pokemon movie and how the characters look uh, compared to how badly they fucked up Sonic in that trailer. Incredible. And now, and now fixing it and delaying the film three months to do so. 
Oh, that's going to be interesting. But yeah, I, I liked it. And I honestly did not expect my man crush to be there in person at the end. <laughs> that, was, that was, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. um, I kind of, at some point halfway through the movie, I figured out what was going on in terms of yeah. it was it was two in one without trying to spoil it. It, it certainly isn't a hard plot to guess. You know, it's, it's not... Yeah, there's nothing complicated about it, but that's because it's aimed at kids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and but there's an, there are enough jokes and enough and there's enough entertainment, I think, or plenty to keep the adults amused and uh, even kid adults like me. Um, I, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great, and I can't wait to um, I, I'll actually, we'll actually buy that for the kids and and happily watch it again. Yeah, the right I thought the Ryan Reynolds thing was going to bug me as well, but it didn't. Uh, I know that's one of the reasons uh, so, the missus was, pre- was prepared bug, to bug oh. you in what way? Sorry, <laughs> um, this is my man crush you're talking about, Nigel. Oh, so well, I mean, when I, I first saw the trailer, okay, but when when <laughs> I saw the first trailer, yeah. and Ryan Reynolds spoke as as Pikachu, I was like, no, nah, that doesn't doesn't work. I'm I'm done. Yeah. But I gave it I gave it a second chance, and uh, I completely opposite. I thought it did work really well. Okay, spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't seen it and wants to watch uh, wants to watch the film and, and doesn't want it spoiled. Um, give me 45 seconds. <laughs> that kid goes through the entire film talking to a Pikachu that sounds exactly like his dad. <laughs> How did he not figure it out? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's, yes. you know the big surprise for me was Bill Nye was in it. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah, and apparently I read, a, I read an article, I think, in The Guardian. That he he became obviously he researched it very thoroughly because he is a yeah. very you know, he's a very professional British you know, method actor. Yeah, um, he he researched Pokemon a lot, and I don't know maybe this is just him sort of playing up to the media. But apparently he got so into it that he downloaded Pokemon Go, he, and he insisted that he had to go to some I can't remember which um, amazing European city it was, but he had to, I think maybe Strasbourg or something he had to go to. And because that's the best place to pay Pokemon go. And, uh, you know, and he had favorite Pokemon and he apparently allegedly he, he kept props from the office that he had in the film okay, uh, and took them home to his home and he's having them hung in his home. He loved them. (laughs) Brilliant. Um, So apparently, yeah, Bill Nye is now a massive Pokemon fan. (laughs) <laughs> I, like awesome. I, said, I don't know how much of that is press bullshit but you know what what he's saying to appease fans or get them on board or whatever i don't know but uh, it's a nice story so um okay me next me next me next okay um, okay okay i've only got two things actually will yeah um two more things um so i suppose i'll, I'll start with a, a netflix film that i started watching kind of regretted watching <laughs> sort of part way through and then kept watching yeah. anyway and it was all right but it was still a bit like i just wasted an hour and a half of my life uh, <laughs> rim of the world is a sci-fi oh. thing where these kids are sent off to camp and they're all from different backgrounds obviously four kids very stranger things dynamic to it yes um, I, I i have seen the trailer and we're quite interested in watching this so this would be interesting okay well i will try not to spoil it for you okay um so yeah kid, all kids i mean you know it really is like they've watched stranger things and gone all right okay we'll have four kids like one does this one does this one does this one does this oh it's just like the stranger things kids or <laughs> yeah there's no psychic abilities but a substitute for it in in a way um, yeah and it's kind of about this kid who's always been like really shy really like socially inept loves being online 
and then suddenly his parents thrust him into the great unknown the outside out out you know out into the wildlife yeah um, for this summer camp and then an alien invasion happens and um you know, wipes out you know, pretty much all all of the adults in I mean, it's not all of the adults, but all of the adults in that area. And the yeah. kids um, discover a, a secret or a key uh, to, um, to, to that might help the planet. Uh-huh. And, uh, and they are tasked with um, delivering said solution in, <laughs> okay. in, in, in a number of different ways. And then it's, so it's their adventure from getting from the, uh, the wilds of this, this summer camp um, back to civilization and uh, and finding a specific military base where a certain person is and they can deliver this <laughs> i mean i'm trying to be vague because i know i can stand <laughs> yeah i don't i don't think i've really spoiled anything there um so um yeah so it's it's that story and it's sort of a coming of age and and like you know kids with from different backgrounds learning to work together and and get along yeah um, so it's it's it's, it's entertaining ish like i say it's very stranger things it's a little bit spielberg but without really ever managing to achieve the same levels as, as either of those uh-huh. um, but it, it's all right i mean you know <laughs> i watched it i don't i kind of just felt at the end like i could have watched something better i could have used that time more more wisely <laughs> if i had more time to watch tv i probably wouldn't have thought twice about it but yeah my right. tv time is quite limited yeah so uh, that's that's how i felt yeah so uh oh. back to you john good omens oh yeah should we discuss good omens yes maybe we should get another cup of tea this might take a while oh dear <laughs> oh, i love it it's brilliant it's fucking awesome would it ah <laughs> oh, i mean i mean i've mentioned before i love the book the book is my yeah. favorite book it's been my favorite book ever since it came out i bought it as soon as it well, as soon as it was available in paperback, so it was a bit cheap back in the day. I uh, didn't have much money. So, um, but uh, I've loved it ever since. I try and read it, you know, I say every year, but it's probably not every year, maybe every other year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always find something new in it. I always enjoy it. It's funny. It's it's engaging. And when they said they were making a TV series of it, I thought, no, <laughs> you're going to ruin it. But they didn't. They did it really, really well. It's amazing. I love everything about it. And it doesn't even cover everything in the book, which is amazing, which which is now an incentive for anyone that hasn't read the book. Read the book because it, it actually fills out the story so much more. It's, it's even better, the book. I think if you've watched the series now, you go and read the book, you're going to get so much more from it because you've got a basic understanding, but you're going to get so much more of the picture. It's, it's really ah. good. So I'm, I'm twenty. I'm twenty five percent into the book, and at the moment, it does feel like the the, the TV series has been a, a almost perfect adaptation of the book. There's not that much that's been different so far. It's very very faithful, and yeah, and but it, it obviously for the sake of yeah, it's impossible to adapt it perfectly. It's just not possible. Obviously, yeah. Um, so yeah, they they have to miss out quite a lot, and and in fact. I think there's there's an entire episode where they they just they've made stuff up that wasn't in the book. <laughs> um, okay, but it but it's um, but it, it's good for it. I mean, there's there's a very bromancy episode where you see them through the ages, and and I I don't recall that from from the book at all. I may be completely wrong. I mean, <laughs> it's worrying given the amount of times I've read it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I haven't read it for a little while. Um, but yeah, I, there's so much more. I mean, I don't. Uh, you know like 
it's kind of a, an ongoing joke in the in the series that every time Crowley's driving his car, he's either listening to Radio Four, which is how he communicates with the down below, yeah, or he's listening to Queen. Yeah, I don't think they ever really explain that joke. That in the book they they explain that it doesn't matter what you put into that car, <laughs> within about thirty seconds of being played, it turns into Queen's greatest hits. Yeah, everything you put in turns into Queen's greatest hits, which um, which is which is a, a lovely little joke, which I think they kind of could have put into the TV series but didn't. I guess maybe because they didn't want to piss Queen off. I don't know. <laughs> but um, oh, it's superb. The the casting was amazing. Um, Fantastic cast. Yeah, I've never really been a massive fan of Michael Sheen. All right. I didn't really like him in in Tron Legacy. If I'm honest, I didn't like his yeah. character in that. And I haven't really enjoyed him in anything, but I, I thought he played as a Raphael, which I think that's the first time I've ever said it properly. <laughs> is uh, I think he played him absolutely superbly. And uh, and um, oh, I can never remember his fucking name. Doctor David Tennant? Who. Yes, Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> He's so thin! He, that, what, we were talking about Bill Nye. I mean, that was that was him absolutely channeling bill nye in, in, <laughs> he, you know his mannerisms his characteristics the way he spoke it was it was totally bill nye like a young bill nye um i think i'm sure that's where he got his uh his inspiration for the character from um yeah. but um, i think yeah great casting lovely you know um cameos in it as well and and you know even like you know, very commonly seen tv actors in the uk were in it in bit um, I thought Jack Whitehall was very good, the comedian. He he was amazing. Um, he he was uh, playing. Um, you know, was it Pulsifer? The um, yeah, because I've I've, I've 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 only ever seen. I mean, I've seen Jack Whitehall. I mean, he's he sort of started as a stand-up comedian, wasn't he? Yeah. And I've and I've only ever seen him do silly comedic roles. Like um, uh, I, I do enjoy. Uh, I've seen Bad Education that was on BBC Three, where he plays a school teacher. Yeah, um, that's, I, we we find that very funny, and it's obviously it's a silly comedic role. And um, and Good Omens was the first time I've seen him do something sort of the serious is the right word, but he he dropped the comedy aspect of his routine, so he just played it as a, like an all straight actor. It wasn't it, slapstick, was it? it? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't slapstick. It wasn't silly, and I really enjoyed what he did. It's, you know, it's, seeing him do something different, it's really surprised us. Yeah, but I yeah just. Phenomenal casting, really well well acted. All the kids acted really well, which is often yeah. where, where you know I find I lose interest. I, <laughs> I, I, I you know I you know there were John Ham. He's always brilliant. It's always brilliant. Anything he's in, John Ham. I mean, who, you, who expected him to be in it? Really? I mean, <laughs> uh, and uh, I think it was Ben Benedict Batch was the voice of the devil, the, the voice of Satan. I think. I oh, was. Yeah, I missed that one. And uh, yeah, I mean, just so many so many layers to it and, and so superb and i love you know trying to pick out all the locations as well because a lot of them are sort of around here there was the crystal palace park with the i think with the dinosaurs in um they were, all right yeah um that i think maybe we talked about at some point maybe not on the show but we've talked about i think the dinosaurs in crystal palace at some yeah, point so yeah so i think we've had that conversation and uh and and you know battersea park and and like, different places around town that um and they actually built um, Azra Fowl's bookshop in Soho uh-huh. for two days. You could go and, and walk around it. Um, oh, awesome. And I, I didn't get there in time, but that would have oh, been Oh, that's a shame. 
So yeah, yeah, really, really good. Um, so you, you tried to read the book and didn't get on with it at first. Before, before that, I watched the series, yeah. And then you watched the series, and and that inspired you to go back to the book. Yeah, and I say I, I, I haven't read it since last week, but uh, in a space of a day, two days, I was twenty five percent in. Mm. And you, you're uh, going to go back to it and finish it? Oh, definitely. Yeah, um, I've got a lot of free time unintentionally tomorrow, so I might use that to pass the time. Oh, nice. Get back to that. Um, and are you enjoying just, it now? Oh yes, I mean, I don't know why. I just say about the, the way it was written. I just couldn't get get on with it, but for some reason, now I've watched the show. It's just it's really sticking, and I'm loving it. Oh, that's good. I'm um, so pleased. And just just another, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, uh, character or actor. Uh, speaking of Carl Urban's bad accent, uh, in Good Omens, the he wasn't. It's not the Witchfinder General, is he? I can't remember his name. Is it Pulsifer? No, that's Jack Whitehall. Yeah, the older guy. Yeah, yeah, I know the, the, the Scottish guy who's yeah. not. He's an American actor. And that oh. was a fucking brilliant accent. That was very good. I had no idea. I really didn't know. He's I, an I, American I actor. Know. Yeah. So hearing him talk like that, we were like, bloody hell, that's impressive. Oh, very good. Wait, Carl, come over and listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, some people have a talent. Yeah, like the Tom Holland, the Spider-Man actor. Obviously, yeah. he's English. Um, does an amazing sort of um, New York accent. He does. So let's, let's let's talk about some angry Christians. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> so thousands of people petitioned to have um, <laughs> Netflix stop making good items. <laughs> Netflix replied on Twitter. It was great. They, they said, did. They said, "Okay, we promise we won't make any more." And the reason for that is. <laughs> Because Netflix don't make good omens. <laughs> made by Amazon. <laughs> there's actually a little. There's actually two parts to that tweet, wasn't there? Didn't um, did Netflix say something like, "Okay, we'll stop. We'll stop making." I can't remember how it's worded now, mm. but basically, Netflix said they'll stop making good omens. Amazon Prime said, "Fine, we won't make Stranger Things." <laughs> <laughs> that's nice, actually. I, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a, a funny little yeah. Good touch. Good touch. People being offended by stuff they probably haven't even seen. Yeah. No, Ridiculous. I mean, good, good Omens alone is worth the Amazon subscription for, for this year. Yeah, it's definitely a, a fantastic series. We enjoyed it. I mean, episodes are very long. Oh, they're about 40 to 50 minutes, aren't they? They, they, they yeah. I mean, as much as I loved it, I, I, I found you know, a lot of the episodes because we're watching in the evening after a day at work. Yeah. At the end of it, I'm like, I'm really getting tired now. <laughs> I'm enjoying it and I don't want to yeah. fall asleep, but I'm really getting tired. Um, and I'm struggling with that with Westworld as well. We're watching it. It's quite slow paced, a lot of it. And it is, yeah. I'm really struggling to stay awake. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not because I'm bored, I'm just tired. Um, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, but yeah, good omens, fantastic. If you haven't watched it, watch it. It's superb, and then read the book, or vice versa. And I also found out with some research that uh, director Terry Gilliam was trying to make a Good Omens film yeah. for ages, apparently. And apparently, even he, even he said, um, "I can't, I can't do it as a film. This has to be done as a multi-part series." And I think you know, uh, you know, ten years ago or whatever, when they were probably trying, you know, thinking about doing a film, that that kind of story. You, you can't you couldn't imagine it would be serialized it would be so odd for it to be serialized on tv but nowadays yeah. there's so much more diversity and, and people are so much more accepting of of different styles you, you want something different from your television now it doesn't all have to be 
I don't know, I don't know what was popular 10 years ago, but like sitcoms <laughs> that, that were all formulaic, you know, or, or you know, action things. I don't know. I can't even, I don't really watch TV, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, um, it, you, you wouldn't just, nobody would have invested in something like that. Like all those, those years ago, really, I don't think. And, um, and you know, makers like Netflix and Amazon prime come along and they pick up on these things and, and, and they do throw the money at it. And, um, you know, because they've got the money to throw at it, I suppose. Their subscription right. services, the people pay the money. The money is there. It's not like a um, a, a network that has to sell advertising, f you know, to, to fund these programs. It's, um, it's a different concept these days, which I think, I guess, must be a good thing. Indeed. Hmm. So, okay, well, I've got one last thing, and, and I alluded it, to it earlier um, when we were uh -huh. talking about Comic-Con. Um, I took the kids to go and see Secret Life of Pets 2. Okay. Um, I mean, it's kind of a not really top of the list thing to go and see. We, <laughs> we, we went and saw the first one, and it was good fun. Enjoyed it a lot. Second one came out, not a lot of fanfare, not terribly great reviews. No. But actually, it's, it's quite enjoyable. It's It's okay. It's... It's just a, a run-of-the-mill, nothing spectacular kids' film. <laughs> My kids Kid. enjoyed it. They they watched it. They laughed. They they you know, they were engrossed and entertained the way through. And and you know, I got a few laughs out of it too. It was all right. It did its it, job. It was okay. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. So uh, that's that's a very very short review of Secret. <laughs> yeah, if it's raining on a Sunday, go and see it. If it's not, go to the park. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I did. I, I mean, what I will say about it is, I went to a new Picture House cinema to um, to check it out. I went yeah. to uh, Picture House Bromley because um, Picture Houses are my favourite kind of cinema. They cost a little bit more, which um, sort of stops the rabble from going to it. <laughs> I, I, I hate going to a multiplex and sitting there listening to some twat talk all the way through, or yeah. some idiot on their phone, or you know, some idiot scrunching popcorn. At, at, oh. Shut the fuck up and watch the film. Um, <laughs> I I hate that. So I'm all for paying a little bit more, going to a, a higher, you know, better quality cinema, and and not having to endure dickheads like that. But all, all I will say is, Picture House Bromley have not really done their research, especially for a kids' film. The chairs right. are so the backs of the chairs are so tall that even I was struggling to see over. Oh uh, dear! To, to see the bottom of the screen. Yeah, and because it's a film about pets. A lot of the action takes place at the bottom of the screen <laughs> because that's where pets live. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Underneath humans. <laughs> yes. So, um, you know, my young one, my youngest daughter had a booster seat and she could just about see. My oldest didn't because she's, yeah, she's like, she's 11 now. She's got a mobile phone. She goes on the bus on her own to places. She doesn't need a booster seat. So, <laughs> you know, if I was struggling, she must have really been struggling to um, to see so just a little bit of a criticism for for the picture house bromley which is just open for a few weeks now ah. but a very nice place though very nice place used to be an odeon no it's not <laughs> cool um any anything else we should uh, discuss in the what you've watched john uh i've done a, a couple of re-watches recently I, I watched the 2016 ghostbusters again last week oh, okay yeah 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 uh, I, I still enjoyed it, but not as much as the first time. Okay. Um, I did watch, I can't remember which version I watched, because there's, there's two versions available. There's one that, 
there's, there's a second one that's about 15, 20 minutes longer. Okay. Um, I think if I watch it again in the future, I'm going to watch the shorter version. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I've kind of um, got on my list to watch Ghostbusters 2 because I, I think I've only literally seen it twice, maybe. In my oh, life. okay. I should probably revisit that one. Speaking of Ghostbusters, there's an interesting uh, bit of footage appeared a couple of weeks ago. It was the uh, the 35th anniversary of the original film. Mm. And in America, over at the Sony Studios lot, they had a Ghostbusters fan fest, mm. which had uh, some of the actors, most of the directors. And of course, it's all being videoed by everyone on their phones. Yes. And um, the bit I found most interesting was uh, uh, Ivan Reitman, the director of the original two films, was there with his son, Jason, who's making the new film for next year. Yeah. And he said, um, because for reasons I can't say, we asked Sony if they still had the original dailies from the original Ghostbusters shoot, which they did. They're in a, they were down a mine in Kentucky, I think they said. Oh, wow. <laughs> And they showed, they showed, so is this, if you go online, there's loads of YouTube videos of this, and they showed some of the original dailies and unused scenes from the original Ghostbusters film that haven't been seen, you know, it's literally since it was shot 35 years ago. Wow. Um, so that's quite curious. It's like, why are you using old footage for a new film? Obviously, he didn't say why. I guess there's but, uh, flashbacks, or not, not flashbacks, but maybe, um, you know, film or footage of like what they used to do. I mean, you can yeah. speculate for days. I don't know, but. Uh, that's my theory. Yeah, I mean there was some, an old video of something. Yeah, I mean there was some there was some funny jokes. You know, stuff they didn't use. The stuff was still very funny. Like, um, if I try to remember it correctly, one of one of my funniest clips was the scene when they're in the mayor's office and um, uh, I can't remember his name. The guy from the EPA agency is trying to shut them down. Hmm. If you remember that scene. Yeah, because he says he says, um, "Oh, these guys, these guys uh, hallucinate everyone with a nerve gas, and then put on a fake ele- electronic light show to uh, to make these people think they're seeing ghosts." And the mayor's like, "Is that right to use nerve gas?" And Venkman's um, like, "No, no, we don't use nerve gas." And, and the Egon goes, "No, we don't. We don't steal nerve gas. If we wanted nerve gas, we'd make our own." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just, there's quite a lot of footage they showed, and it's just you know, it's amazing this stuff still exists. It was, it was interesting like ghostbusters turned 35 one week and then the next week ghostbusters 2 turned 30 <laughs> mad and yeah it's crazy to to think they're that you know that far but um, there was another tweet today which you um you you uh, tagged me into oh yes uh, that's quite quite interesting um it was um somebody filming uh, the the ghostbusters fire station the hook and ladder 8 in new york uh-huh. Um, on their mobile, and then um, we discovered that it was quite a famous actor <laughs> um, revealing that he's going to be in the new film. That's right. It, it was Ant Man, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Rudd, Mr. I Don't Age Rudd, <laughs> yeah, Paul Rudd, yeah. Um, and yeah, you, you, you obviously you tagged me in because I, I was there, you know, a little over a year ago. Standing, you were indeed standing outside that very firehouse, and uh, yeah. So that was exciting. So, so yeah, so Paul, Rudd, Paul Rudd is going to be in that film. Apparently, I think I've read he's going to be playing a teacher. Is he? Yes. That's interesting. There's not, much, there's not much info about this film. It's all very hush-hush, obviously. Well, you know, it's probably still being written and stuff. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Hmm. Okay, cool. I, I rewatched Rush. That's still really good. I really like that film. Oh, Have you seen that, Rush? That's the one uh, about the uh, Formula One drivers, Nicky Lauda but, and James Hunt. 
That's right. Yes. Yeah, I saw I saw that advertised on TV. It's coming on TV or E4 or something. Oh, okay. Uh, or maybe it's on Netflix. I don't know. It's I don't TV. know. I got it at a boot fair for a quid on Blu-ray. I thought, oh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I yeah, still enjoyed that film. Good film. I enjoyed that. And that, that was um, who was it? That was one of the Hem Hemsworths, wasn't it? That's Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, it's James Hunt. That's right. And uh, and the guy that often plays evil characters. Uh, uh, louder. I can't remember. Just, just uh, is, uh, no, I'm not cheating. Uh, his name is Daniel Brawl. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that, that really good. I enjoyed that. That was a really entertaining film. Um, I watched uh, a, a series called Derek on Netflix. That's another Ricky Gervais comedy. Oh yes, we discussed this at uh, Comic Con. You tried to convince me that Ricky Gervais is <laughs> worth watching in it, and I still don't believe you. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, people on Twitter, tell me if I'm wrong. If you've watched it and you enjoy it, tell me. And I'll, If I get enough tweets, I won't get any. If I get enough <laughs> tweets, I'll watch it. That's a deal. <laughs> okay, <laughs> see how that goes. Uh, I also watched Captain Marvel. Ah, okay. Did you, you didn't see that at the cinema? Did you see that? Pass. <laughs> I had you, seen it. I see it as that. <laughs> Gotcha. You you watched it at late late screening. I gotcha. Yes. <laughs> did you enjoy it? What did you think? I did. Yes, really enjoyed it. That was um, it's better than I thought it was going to be. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, um, like I'm... the way they set up they set up the tesseract. That was a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The Samuel Jackson CGIing younging technique was was bloody good. Although it didn't quite work for Phil Coulson. It, not as he well. Came, no, he came off as a bit creepy. <laughs> But he's not in the film as much, so no, no, yeah, it doesn't matter too much, does it? No, uh, that's a, that's a really good origin story. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I uh, well, I, I I enjoyed it. It's um, I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I hoped I would, but uh, it's still a very good, entertaining film. And um, I've I've pre-ordered the Blu-ray, obviously. Ops. And uh, and I bought a nine-inch nails Captain Marvel T-shirt too. You did, which you wore to Comic Con. Oh yeah, <laughs> people wouldn't know they weren't there. They weren't there, no. Um, <laughs> I was there. I saw it. Uh, and finally, I watched Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, okay, yeah, Bo Rap, as we like to call it. <laughs> Bo Rap. And um, did you enjoy that? I did. Uh, I can see. I don't know if you, you said or other people said it does. It does sort of massively skirt around the um, drug thing. It's kind of mm. briefly mentioned, sort of. It's obvious he's what he's been doing, but they don't dwell on it. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot of artistic license, I think. Put oh, definitely. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, Brian May had a big say in what went on in that film. Well, I think it was exactly produced, <laughs> wasn't it, by Queen? It was never going to be. Uh, no. Too harsh, was it? Isn't it? it was I think that's why the um, the uh, the Sacha Baron Cohen version was never made because it was too close to the truth, I think, and Queen didn't want that. So it's a bit of a, a catch twenty two, isn't it? If you want to tell the true story, but you still want to use Queen music, <laughs> <laughs> you can't do both. Um, no, don't think. Um, so yeah, there's that. Uh, I thought I, I thought it'd be quite hard to accept Mr. Robot as Freddie Mercury, but I just I accepted it really quickly. I thought he's he's really good, Freddie Mercury. He did it really well. I watched a side by side of him doing the Live Aid performance and the oh, actual Live yeah. Aid performance amazing the detail they put into that to, to that sort of surprisingly well done very very well done and, and the other the other the other fact i took away from that film that surprised me was that uh i can't remember who it was was it 
Richard Taylor or Judd Deacon? I can't remember which one it was. It's played by the kid who's in Jurassic Park. <laughs> no way, really? It is. It's the boy from Jurassic Park, or grown up, obviously. It's like, oh, it's him, he's from Jurassic Park. I found that afterwards, but it's like, oh, I didn't notice that. <laughs> did not know that. Oh, and the, the, actually, the, I think the big surprise for me is I found out, I read beforehand, that Mike Myers is in the film. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And, yes. It, and it took me a while to figure out who he was. <laughs> The character, it's only when I heard the certain inflictions in the character's speech, um, I suddenly realised, shit, that's Mike Myers. <laughs> I don't think I got it through the entire film. I think I found out afterwards. Because <laughs> yeah. you just, if you're, not, if you're not purposely looking out for Mike Myers, you'll miss him. You'll get to the end of the film and go, was he in that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. very surprising. Yeah, no, it was, it was uh, yeah, very well done. Um, need to see Rocketman now. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's fired me up for that. I want to see Rocket Man. <laughs> and I think um, next group movie trip, uh, which is still in the planning, is to go and see the new Spider-Man uh, Far From Home film, ah. which comes out on the 2nd of July. Um, so if you're interested in that and you're around, um, an invite can come your way too. Ah, maybe, maybe. I think we're aiming for the 6th of July, but we can discuss that later after the podcast. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, well, just, I, I guess... Last thing I want to discuss, uh, John, um, since we're okay. running quite long this show, um, is, is the current... Not a bad or, thing? Or, 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 no, no, not at all, not at all. <laughs> uh, I just know my wife came home a little while ago and uh, I haven't seen her yet. Um, <laughs> but no, no, uh, the, the, very briefly, the, the ongoing yeah. trend for classic mini consoles. Oh, Yes. I mean, it started with the cla- the the NES classic or the NES yes, mini, NES mini, and then the SNES mini, mm-hmm. and then, and then Nintendo said, "No, we're not making those anymore, and don't get your hopes up for an N sixty four mini." <laughs> yeah, and so everyone was like, "Okay, we won't." And and there, there have been other sort of miniature consoles, but not real licensed ones. There's been like a an Atari flashback in the past, and mini sort of well, uh, Sony 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 jumped on board with the. Um... Not very well thought out PlayStation Mini. The the PlayStation Mini has has bombed. People don't like it, and it, you can get it for about thirty quid now. I think. I think I think it went, I think it went as low as twenty five in Argos. Yeah. Yeah. And that was that was what when that came out. That was what eighty nine ninety nine. Yeah, maybe up in that in that region. Yeah. Clearly, clearly just not very well thought out. Um, you know, <clears> not very well emulated and stuff. Yeah. In fact, people discovered that if they put uh, the SNES emulator on it, it ran better. <laughs> as, as a SNES than it did as a PlayStation. Oh my god! Uh, uh, which is worrying. Um, you've had the Very. Neo Neo Geo Mini, the SNK Neo Geo Mini Arcade machine. That they've done. Out. I'm sure they've done loads. Oh, so well, is it an old device? Uh, that, well, it's it's like um just like a, a mini uh, arcade machine. Uh, that sort of their version of a the mini classic console, I suppose. I don't know. Oh, because I saw I saw one years ago, an officially licensed product on a, a YouTube video. It was a bit like um, it was a mini uh, Neo Geo, a bit like a sort of a, a like a PlayStation PSP or a Vita. Right. Okay. And then and then you plugged it into a dock, which was like a recreation of the original machine, which was quite big, and then you could play it on the TV. Okay. No, but no. but once but once again, it was all emulated and not to a very high standard, so it was yeah. a bit of a disappointment. No, this this was I think to celebrate forty years of SNK. Oh, it's a different thing. Okay, and, and it was literally a mini arcade cabinet. Um, oh, I see. But, yeah. but very yeah. small, like desktop mini, sort of tiny. Ah, oh, gotcha. 
Um, and then we've got the, uh, the, there was a Capcom thing that came out. So it was like a full size oh, arcade controller, but just that, that plugs into your TV. Uh, there's fighting games in it, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean the Capcom classic games, I suppose. Um, you've got the, uh, the Sega mega drive mini or Genesis mini, depending on where you come from in the world. <laughs> yeah. And, and that actually apparently is getting really good reviews. Oh, uh, you know, 42 games on it. They announced 40 and then they added two extra games that had never sort of really seen the light of day before. Yeah. Um, apparently it plays really well. It's a lot of fun. Um, and they've, they've issued as well accessories for it. So you can get a, a <laughs> mega CD and a 32 X that plugs in the top and even a cartridge oh that goes in there, but none of them function. None of them do anything. They're purely aesthetic. I think I saw, I think it's just the Japanese release. You get mini cartridges of all the games that are on the system perhaps I, I i heard it maybe it was just sonic but i don't know oh okay but um yeah so you, you can get all those and um and there's a well, totally different atari are launching a whole new console oh but yeah the vcs um we've got konami announced the turbo graphics 16 or the oh, pc engine say. turbo yeah. graphics whatever depending on which country you're in i mean there's so many of these and now finally the C64 Mini came out about a year ago, a year and yeah. a quarter ago, something like that, which mm-hmm. is basically a, a C64 emulator, Commodore 64 emulator. Yeah. Uh, but biggest complaint that came from that was that the joystick was shit and uh, <laughs> the keys didn't work, so you couldn't play text-based games. Yeah, so, it's literally a hard plastic shell, wasn't it? So they listened to that feedback and thought, hey, we can remedy that. Let's give the people a full-size C64. <laughs> <laughs> So the Mini has been grown to a full-size C64 with a keyboard that works and a, a joystick that uses micro-switches, exactly the same as the original one. So yeah. effectively, it's a C64, but it's still an emulator. How do you feel about all these, John? All these, these mini consoles? Oh, consoles? It's, it's, it's flooding the market, isn't it? It's like, I don't know. There, there are so many of them now, There's so many to choose from. And I'm sure I mean, what, what what I find curious about the C sixty four either iteration is that nowhere does it say Commodore. No, that's true. That's true. There's there's some kind of licensing issue there, obviously. Well, I guess I don't know for sure, but a Commodore still a functioning company? Uh, I don't know. I, I remember did they get brought out by a company called Encom or something? I really don't know. I'm not sure. Pass. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, you're right. I mean, they're obviously they're branding it as the C64, which is you know, kind yeah. of shortening that everybody used anyway. Um, I, I, mean, I suppose I suppose a kind of sort of ideal Christmas gifts for the people who don't want to muck around with a Raspberry Pi, basically. <laughs> I, yeah, maybe, maybe. I, I mean, God, you, I mean, you literally, you know, I've done it. I'm sure you've done it. You, you get a Raspberry Pi, you load it up with RetroPie, and you can play any freaking game from from atari 2600 up to you know playstation one probably i, I don't know. I know it's amazing stuff and and you can have them all on one box but i mean i i kind of get there's an appeal to having these mini consoles and i, I gotta be say i'm quite intrigued by the mega drive mini because i you know mega drive really was my first my first console i owned yeah um you know the first console I ever played on was an atari 2600 way back in the early 80s um, you know, played Spectrum, uh, you know, and, and, and uh, had goes on and lots of things. But the um, the Mega Drive was really the first console I owned. Yeah, um, and had a Game Gear as well. 
Um, so I've got an affinity for that. So I'm, I'm quite intrigued by the, the Mega Drive Mini. I, I maybe might invest in that. But I don't know. I wonder, I wonder if they'll be there. They usually find a way to hack them, don't they? So you can upload more games onto them. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Again, I mean, I've got all these games on my Raspberry Pi. You know, <laughs> I don't need to buy this. You know, I, there were two games that perhaps weren't available before, but you know, somebody will get them off of there and make them available online. You know, it's not like I'll miss out, but... I just, I, I you know, there's, there's nostalgia value to that for me. And, yeah. Um, you know, and the, kind of with Nintendo ones as well, it piqued my interest as well. I, I think for that, there was such little supply for the amount of demand that it made, you know, a frenzy for them. People that like, oh, I got to have it because it's hard to get. <laughs> yeah. And, and that was the beauty of it. And then all the other companies have gone, oh, this is amazing. We'll deliver these <laughs> mini consoles, but there isn't the same demand and there is clearly plenty of supply especially in the case of the playstation one yes Uh, so kind of missing the point a little bit i think but um yeah well anyway a a little tidbit to uh to close the show on so many of these micro mini consoles and uh, i just i just want to just want to add in regards to the mega drive something has just been i don't think it's actually for sale yet um I, i sort of sort of follow the retro gaming scene a little bit i'm always amazed the fact that they can tap into these consoles and get the you know, the digital signal out straight to HDMI, and so you can see the game the way it never looked before. Mm. But um, but some something that just came out recently that I found amazing is they've made a Mega Drive cartridge, mm. where, where that you can put um, Master System, Mega Drive, 32x, or Mega CD images on an SD card. Plug this cartridge into a real Mega Drive, and it will allow you to play any of them. Oh wow. So you don't need the 32x add-on. You don't need the Mega CD add-on. You don't need, um, I thought it was called now. Was it? Uh, the, it was a strange converter. You had to plug into you plug into the Mega Drive to, to play Master System games. Oh, you don't yeah, need yeah. You, you don't need any of that. You just need to just buy this one cartridge now, and then you'll be able to play all all different types of games on original uh, Mega Drive hardware. I thought bloody hell, what what they're doing these days with retro stuff? Just you know, quite I find quite interesting and amazing. I find the retro gaming scene a lot more interesting than the current gaming scene. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm not interested in Fallout or Call of Duty or yeah. all these games. And I know this is making me sound old and I am old. And they <laughs> we just are old. seem overcomplicated, far too complicated, unnecessarily so. And yeah, I know it's all about the realism and the detail and, and you know, like all the minutiae that go into it. And I get that. And I know there's a huge demand for it, but yeah, you know, I, I really do just crave the simpler things that the, the retro gaming for me and actually just following the scene is actually almost as pleasurable as playing the old games. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I kind of just like following the stories as much as I enjoy playing them. <laughs> it's uh, It's kind of silly in a way. But uh, yeah, but so many of them. So it, uh, well, listeners, get in touch. Finally, you know, come on, get your thumbs <laughs> out, tweet us. Of all these micro and mini consoles that have been out, hit the market, come out, which one are you at, do you actually care about? I mean, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people that say SNES Mini or, or the NES Mini. Um, yeah. A few will go for the, for the Sega Mega Drive Mini. Um, I'm sure, you know, People always had that division which side they were on. There'll be a lot of Sega fans out there. Uh, and maybe there'll be a few hard and fast people that, that, that think the, the PlayStation 1 is good for what it is. You know, it does what it what it needs to do. So, um, yeah, get your thumbs out. Tweet us. Let us know which of these micro consoles you would buy, if any of them, 
and uh, or maybe what you'd like to see uh, something that hasn't hit the market yet that you'd like to see maybe you wanted a, a, a master system mini before you got the mega drive one who knows a spectrum mini well they tried that I'm fucking they tried that it went, well that wasn't that was that was that was just plain terrible yeah <laughs> any anyone that backed the kickstarter for the uh the spectrum or zx vega plus or whatever it was called yeah anyone that backed that had to register themselves as a creditor because the company went bust <laughs> <laughs> so uh, good luck ever getting your money back on that so uh, on, on that negative uh, note john <laughs> blimey uh, i think there's something positive to say um um <laughs> uh, gosh um this weather's nice, isn't it? Oh god, the weather's going to be bananas at the weekend, isn't it? Thirty-two degrees Celsius. At, uh... Ouch! Yeah. yeah, that's not very positive, is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck with your skin cancer. <laughs> no, cool. There's there's a lot of great stuff out in the world. A lot of fandoms, a lot of uh, pop culture stuff that brings a lot of enjoyment to everyone. Whatever yours is, enjoy it, own it, love it, and tweet us. Let us know. There we go. That was nice, wasn't it? That's not the ending. Okay. Well, on that note, John, it's been a pleasure. Yes. As always. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.